0: Patrick Daly and welcome to Interlinks. Interlinks is a program about international business and globalization and the effects these have had on our life, our work and our travel over the last 50 years or so. In each program, we interview a person from another country or with strong connections to another country. We get their unique perspective on these matters and how they have affected their life, their work, and their business. There's a little bit of history, a dash of economics, a sprinkling of business, and an overlay of personal experience, both for me and from my interviewees from around the world. Today we will be talking to Javier Diaz, a young professional with wide experience and impressive track record in international sales, business development, and brand building. Javier is Spanish and hails from Oviedo in the Principality of Asturias, which is tucked in between the mountains and the sea on the north coast of Spain, about halfway between Santander and La Coruña. Javier is currently based in Prague in the Czech Republic and has also lived in Germany. He studied law at the University of Oviedo in his hometown and then went on to do a master's in international trade. He gained experience in international sales in Germany for a number of years with companies such as Star and EMAT, GmbH. After Germany, Javier moved to Prague and became a freelancer working internationally with clients such as Sandman's New Europe Tours, Memsource and Eurowork, particularly in the technology space for translation and localization services. Javier has recently launched his own consultancy company, Global and Champs, to bring the benefits of his extensive experience as a brand champion to his international clients. So Javier, thank you for being here with us today.
1: Hi, how's everyone doing? Thanks, Patrick, for having me here.
0: You're very welcome. Good to talk to you. Tell us a little bit about your uh, career progression
1: today, since the beginning up to where we are now. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Well, I, as you said, as you said perfectly before, I come from the north of Spain. Uh, you know, provincial guy from the from from Spain. I finished my school in the year 2000. Then I started law. You know, I was just like like many of us. Uh, uh, students back then that we didn't know what to study so we all studied law and then <laughs> I, 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 a couple years into the career i said this is not for me let's focus on something else but let's finish it and then that's when i des- I found my passion i mean i found a way to to convey my passion for uh traveling connecting people etc mm-hmm. uh, and and what i wanted to do with life uh in inter- by doing international business right so i decided to finish what i was studying And uh, I applied for uh, for for a a master in international business that would allow me to live abroad for a year and work in a Spanish uh, company from one of the the organisms that the the, you know the international promotional organisms in uh, in uh, for companies that are that exporting abroad in Asturias. It led me to live in the States. It led me to live then afterwards in Germany and as you said now in in Prague. I've been here for the last five years. Actually, in in a week it's going to be exactly five years. And uh, I've probably had the best experience of my life while I've been living here uh, because I've been uh, I've been based here, but working with the United States, uh, basically traveling to California, spending three months a year there uh, working and, you know, helping people in clients in Silicon Valley. So here I am.
0: There you are. So, uh, you, you know, I lived in Spain for many, many years, right?
1: Yeah, 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 and your accent is perfect, yeah.
0: And when I, uh, when I became, um, so when I was there, I became familiar, you know, with the, the stereotypical typical young Spaniard. you know, they go to university, uh, they do the exams for the civil service, they work in the public sector, and they're uh, addicted to this uh, security, you know, uh, safe wage and live close to their parents and all of this thing, but that's, that's not you, so w- w- why not? On the one hand, and is that stereotype now dead? Is that stereotypical young Spaniard gone now?
1: That, I mean, I, 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 I say I'd say definitely yes in capital letters. That's a thing of the past. That's a thing of of uh, of uh, of uh, of another era. So to say, <laughs> I think that now uh, for us millennials, uh, flexibility is key. Mm-hmm. And the access to those kind of, I mean, those that, to that security that, that such job as you're mentioning would give you, uh, is every day uh, is smaller every day. You know, there's not there's not those many offerings now out there. There's more of us, and actually, I mean, I'm 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 surprised to see that every time I go to Spain, well, maybe not in in, in Asturias, because Asturias is way more traditional, but in places like Barcelona, Madrid, where I go for travel for a travel business often. Uh, I'm surprised to see like uh, people my age, uh, between thirty and forty, as I am, to be working in technological companies, to be entrepreneuring like uh, leading companies, and it's cool. That's I think I think that's that goes more with the trends that are you know all around the world, the entrepreneurial world, uh, the you know a more globalized world, uh, and it, 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 I mean and just the trends that. They just lead to being like really far from that stereotype of Spanish guy that just goes to university, stay, mm-hmm. applies for the state exams, yeah. and gets a, a job that gives him a certain amount of money a month for the rest of his life, right? That's that's I think that's that's disappearing and that's yeah, yeah. that's not sustainable for the yeah. system either, right?
0: Yeah, it was probably changing, but I think probably the the recession in two thousand eight two thousand ten um, had a big impact on mentality of young Spanish people that started to move abroad and uh, see things maybe in a different light? Do you think that's true?
1: Well, they, lots of us moved abroad, but most of them return for some reason. Like a, a lot of people return rather than stay. So we always have this thing in Spain, like uh, we come back, right? <laughs> we come back. We like to live close to the family. And uh, I, 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 with the love that I have for my parents and and, and brother, I love them, but I, Don't see a reason why to come back. Not yet, at least, right?
0: (laughs) Not yet, anyway.
1: (laughs) It's it's different. No, no. (laughs) My case will be different.
0: The subject of um, of of languages, foreign languages. So you know, I've seen um, um, rankings of countries in terms of their uh, uh, familiarity with foreign languages. Spain doesn't do particularly well. Uh, English-speaking countries do really badly. So countries like Ireland and the UK and the US were very bad at at, at foreign languages. Um, and, and I've come across, you know, Spaniards a, a lot of the time. The, the the issue for them going abroad is is, is languages. And we've already seen that you um, uh, you're well on top of your English. It's 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 perfect. Um, so how did you deal with with the language situation? So living in Germany first, and now in the Czech Republic.
1: Well, thanks, thanks for that. Uh, yeah firstly about about English I've been a very 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 lucky Spaniard because uh, and this goes uh, like a like a shout out to my parents uh, when we were when me and my brother were kids they like between the ages of nine and twelve thirteen something like that we used to have a uh, uh all pairs that would take care of us at home and then we would be speaking English all the time, so we were lucky enough to be to learn the language without any effort you know by watching uh, the lion king aladdin all those kinds of movies that they would bring from from england mm-hmm. and uh, you know constantly be speaking english and 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 we were lucky in this regard right so yeah. it was it's always like a, like that's a that's a, that's something that i you, you i'm always be thankful to my parents for and then the second thing is german yeah uh, i was able to learn german i, I lived in germany I ended up living in germany 5 years I'm fluent. I lost now because I have been away for the last five years. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, but when I got there, I couldn't even order uh, um, a a a menu in McDonald's in German. Right? That's the that's how I always put it. Right? I had to turn to English. And uh, and uh, the German culture is I love it. And it has this thing that when you're in a meeting, for example, you're forced to learn German if you want to understand what they're talking about. Right? Uh, You they they would have the meetings in German. They wouldn't change to to English because they were like two. People that wouldn't speak English, right? So, yeah. so that would speak German. So you have to do it, right? And then my last thing is Czech. I cannot even say a word in Czech. And I've been here for five years. And <laughs> yeah, my it's excuse is yeah.
0: another story,
1: right? That's a different story. That's a different story. Like I, I had free Czech classes when I was working for the Czech company, like when I moved here for this company called MemSource. And they were on Friday morning, eight in the morning, so I wouldn't go. <laughs> and uh, and the, on the other side, the Czechs they understand that the the, the complexity of their language, and uh, and they don't sort of impose it to foreigners. And here we live in a community of expats, and they know that we don't speak Czech, and they respect that. So that's 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 pretty neat from them. Yeah. I like it.
0: And what, what do you think, apart from the languages, what do you think you have learned uh, living outside Spain for the last number of years that you wouldn't have learned had you stayed at home in Spain?
1: Oh, yeah. I've learned uh, to see the world from from different eyes, right? I mean, uh, whether you're from the north, south, or whatever part of each country, if you don't travel and you don't live abroad, you don't see how people do things uh, in other places, right? You might always think you you are you grew up in Oviedo, you work in your father's business and you might think that a Czech reacts uh, by the same stimulus as as a Spaniard, right? And that's not true. Or they relate in the same way and that's not true. But you can only you can only learn that if you go out there and see it, right? Whether and living abroad it, it helps a lot, right? So I've been seeing the I I'm lucky to 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 see the world, I mean to be able to see the world through other people's eyes because I've, I'm living with them and I'm traveling, right? Last year, only last year, I spent 170 days on the road traveling for business. So, and I visited some some 15 countries, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, mainly United States where, you know, you get along, you get to relate with people from everywhere, uh, Americans, you know, Asians, Latinos. So you understand a lot, right? So, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have learned that if I would have stayed in Oviedo. Sure. Sure.
0: Now, you're a new initiative, Global Brand Champs, a new initiative in the middle of the gravest crisis that has hit the world in the last hundred years. So um, what, I know you've been uh, spending a lot of time lately contacting people all over the world to, to gather information about what's happening and what new opportunities are out there. So you, you're, you're launching a new initiative. So you must see some new opportunities out there. What, are, what is it that you're seeing?
1: I think that this is, it's, it's crazy, but last week I was talking to my friend, I was saying like, I've never seen so much opportunity available for the taking, uh, real, big time. I've seen, I have never seen so many things there. Uh, the only thing that you need to do is you need to, to you know, to, to see the world, uh, to understand that those principles that we were, li- we were living by, and I think this is a very millennial uh, footprint and a standard, like you have to learn to live without stability, right? And without, with uncertainty. And, 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 and there's, and, 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 based on those things, there's a lot of opportunity out there. There's a lot of companies that are offering, uh, jobs based on, on commissions, etc. like based on, on not a, not a fixed job, but a sidekick, something like that. Right. So I, uh, I, I found it like I've been affected by the crisis, right? Uh, I was forced, I had to renegotiate my conditions with my previous employees. Okay, let's, let's, let's move on. Let's, let's, uh. Let's do things in a different way. And I said, what am I good at? I'm good at knowing, uh, getting to know people, understanding their pain points, uh, and then connecting them and then connecting. That's my, I think that would be my my, my greatest skill, right? Mm-hmm. I'm using a lot of, of, uh, of emotional intelligence to connect with people because I really like them. Not because I'm doing it for a, for a purpose of selling them something, right? No, no, because I really like, I really like to understand how people think, how they live, what problems they have? It's fun. I I think I I find joy in that. So I decided to run this 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 campaign, this Global Brand Chance campaign or this Global Brand Chance initiative. Uh, I started calling people, calling my network, my friends, my family. I called you. I called, you know, just to ask a few questions, see if you are uh, suffering in some kind of thing, if you have any any trouble that you would like to 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 uh, to start. I mean to to solve and uh and uh, my idea is to connect uh, vendors with buyers you know and and uh and uh run run initiatives with them and you know and and, and bring wealth yep. for them and okay. for me solve problems yeah
0: and what do you say will be the the services of your 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 new business and how will people's or clients or buyers condition be improved by working with you
1: oh yeah what i'm aiming at is like uh have a better worldwide uh, brand uh Brand expansion or brand awareness of companies. So I'm basically doing two things. One is uh, for startups, uh, for companies that are just uh, getting their products out there, or they, you know, they're developing and they need to market it as well, uh, and they have no structure in sales. What I'm doing is I'm basically, you know, consulting them and getting the, getting it started, getting their sales started, like uh, you know, giving them tips, uh, uh, helping them actually doing the work doing some communications, et cetera, right? Uh, that's 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 one of the initiatives like to get uh, the sales department started or the sales started in in in, uh, in 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 startups and also as I said the second the second goal of the Global Brand Champs initiative is to connect vendors and buyers and 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 you know and 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 get and create wealth out of that. So those would be the two services, right? Mm-hmm.
0: So and then the clients that you've been working with or talking to, how has the coronavirus been impacting uh, their their business, and how are they reacting, and what kind of per- permanent changes do you see we will be left with after the crisis is over?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I I think it's it's I mean. Uh, I, I can differentiate between two reactions, the reactions of the vendors, the reactions of the buyers. But before we get into that, I think, and this is through my personal analysis, it's a bit too early in the development of this crisis because we really don't know how long this is going to last. And uh, and I was speaking yesterday, I had a moment of down and I spoke with one of my friends and like, well, you have to keep it together, you have to keep straight because you might have to be in this situation for at least two years because we don't know, Right. So you might have to get used to staying home. A person that, like me that has traveled 170 days last year for business, uh, I might have to, to learn how to do that, right? To, how to, how to, get, to stay home, survive, and thrive there, right? So, uh, and then with that in mind, as I said, I see two reactions. I see, like, it surprised me to see that, and I think it's maybe because it's too early in the, in the crisis, like vendors trying to clean up, sort out things, go with the flow try to i mean being less innovative but trying to serve before uh before um, before the uh you know before things get even worse which probably they will get and uh and buyers trying to be more innovative i don't know if it's because uh the people on the buyer side might be more threatened to lose their jobs or why uh, but that's that's what I've seen in this in, during this initiative, which I've been on the phone with almost forty people from all over the world. Right? I mm-hmm. I felt like there was more initiative on the buyer side than on the vendor side.
0: So that sounds like there's an opportunity for vendors if they listen to their buyers, right?
1: Yes, 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 yes. And I was having calls with uh, people that worked in some of the biggest American multinationals, and they were saying, like, you know, what some initiatives that we'd like to do is, like, for example. Uh, I was asking about what, what, what are the initiatives that you think of? And they were saying things like, for example, like, look, it's a good moment for us to include vendors uh, in, in our, in our, way, way before in our internal decision process and construction process, right? We're going to need to cut cost, time, et cetera, et cetera. So vendors could just jump in, and, in, an, in a decision stage. And, and, and instead of us telling them what do, to do and how they would react, they, we could all brainstorm together and and get to to a process and to a solution that would take us uh, that would be more cost, cost more cost effective and and sh- and, and shorter in time, right? Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that I got from a very big sports brand in America, and I would not forget that. But as I said, the point is like the the innovation from my end came more from the vendor from the buyer side than from the vendor, right? Yeah. Instead yeah. of being the vendor that comes to the client and says, okay, guys, look, we can do this, 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 and that. Why don't we do this? How does that sound, right? Or or you know.
0: Now, the way you have um, internationalized yourself, um, I guess in part is due to a small part of this big process of globalization that has gone on. And I guess the European Union is part of that and the fact that we can live in each other's countries and so on. Um, and that has progressed quite Um, rapidly over the last 40, 50 years, you know, see global supply chains and all sorts of products that we have access to, the ability to travel and so on. Um, And you obviously have an internationalist vocation in in that sense. But I guess in the last number of years, we've seen things like um, countervailing influences like protectionism, rising nationalism, Uh, um trade wars and now we have the coronavirus so from your point of view where do you think this whole globalization thing is at now and where do you think it's going in the future
1: Mm. i think this is a great question and i am the person to (laughs) to reply to this because i always travel i always work with globalization managers believe it or not all the biggest multinationals out there i don't know if you're aware but one of the the most, the best rewarded positions in, in companies like Uber, GoPro, Square, uh, name you name them, are based out of Silicon Valley, WhatsApp, Facebook. They have a position that is precisely the globalization manager or the globalization architect, you know, depending on it's more strategical or more, uh, you know, more, uh, more technical, right? Depends. Uh, and so I work with that, those people from the biggest corporations out there, right? And uh, I help them. I help them to penetrate markets in a better way with better translations, with more automation in the process, right? So, uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I think like I was, and I was precisely thinking about this. And uh, after I saw uh, uh, a, a reportage last week yeah, on Spanish television, which was about how globalization is positively and negatively impacting, right? It has. It has this coin or this sword has two sides, right? Uh, nothing without a control is uh is uh is 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 uh is i mean is, is positive so to say mm-hmm. like uh globalization without control can get to you know all of these things that are happening right now with with the big corporates uh collapsing because they've been too big and they cannot even afford to do to i mean to to keep their 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 health and, and it needs some regulations, right? Like you cannot like, uh, I mean, I think there should be some points that should be tackled to regulate them, right? Um, and but, but on the other side, nationalism protectionism autarchy, that's something that is, uh, I think that's something from the 19th century. We should be well, 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 well uh, above that, but also helping the local, the local business, right? So there's, as I said, there's like two sides of the coin here, right?
0: Probably, uh it's probably going through a transformation, so maybe not a not going back to the 19th century, but definitely maybe globalization mark two or mark three. So a new a new yes. version of globalization, perhaps.
1: Yes, 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 yes. I agree. It, there has to be some some limitation, right? Yeah, yeah. We cannot have companies like like all these airlines collapsing right now after they've done a massive globalization expansion, globalized expansion. Right? There's something wrong there, right? <laughs> Well, do you
0: out. see yourself in, in five years or, or ten years, do you intend to stay in living internationally outside your home country or do you see yourself back in Spain at some point in the future?
1: Well, that's a, that's a good question. And as a millennial, I'm going to say that I don't know. Like we don't know nothing, right? <laughs> we don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, I might say, yeah, I want to go back to Spain. And then in, in 2024, we do this podcast again, and I might be living in, in New York or in Tokyo. Who knows, right? Because, as I said, for us, the millennials, the tonic, is definitely uncertainty, flexibility, and and living and thriving with that, right? Which is the, 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 the thing that our parents... Fortunately for them, or unfortunately, I don't know. They didn't, they didn't go through, right? Most of them, right? Yeah. So 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 I don't know I, if I would like to go to Spain right now. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so
0: you're open. You're open-minded on the question,
1: yes. 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 Maybe that's an open question. Yeah, yeah.
0: Outside of work and business, what kind of things do you like to do in your your free time in your spare time?
1: Oh yeah, like uh, I do a lot of sports. I like uh, running. I try to do sports five to six days a week minimum,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, an hour of running. Uh, uh, now it's biking season here; it has started. And actually, we're lucky here in Czech Republic uh, where I'm based, as you said at the beginning, because we're uh, we're one of the countries. I mean, we have re- we have up to today like uh, less than seven thousand cases of infected people. So the measures are. There's already a plan set for us to be able to go outside uh, for reopening of businesses, etc. And now uh, biking and and running are allowed in if you do individually without the protection of the mask, right? So oh. I could. I guess I'm hoping. I, I went biking last week for the first time without the mask, which is a compulsory here. Uh, and I I am looking at starting to do that like all on a more regular basis, right? From now on. Especially since this summer, we won't be traveling anywhere for yeah. holiday, holidays, right?
0: Are you missing the fact that there's no football on the television?
1: I do. I do. Big time.
0: Who do you support? I believe. Barca. You're, you're different from your dad, right? And the teams you support. Mm,
1: well, he's not a big football fan. Uh, I am. Me and my brother were Barca fans to death. I think this is something that came from him when we were kids. He was like super, super crazy. We were like, uh, you know, uh, Cruyff Times, Barça fans, and we've been like really hardcore Barça fans for the last thirty something years, and then and then yeah, and the local my brother supports Oviedo and I support and I support Sporting, so <laughs> that's where the controversy goes. Like Sporting, I mean, for those, of those who listen and they don't know, are you, Oviedo, are you, are you, are and,
0: are you not uh, viewed as some sort of a traitor being from Oviedo and supporting uh, Sporting? No,
1: <laughs> no, because all this this from my mother's side. They're all from Gijon and they were like, like like my grandfather was an associate to the sporting club for like 50 years. My uncle as well, he, they received this like, like, uh, like uh, you know, like this uh, the pin that the club gives when you are, uh, you know, for fidelity. Mm-hmm. Or like over 50 years of fidelity. So, and trust So no, nothing. No, no. Right. It's entitled. There's, there's mm-hmm. a reason to do that.
0: <laughs> You're a fairly avid reader
1: as well, I think. Is
0: that right? You read quite a bit.
1: Oh yeah, I do. I do. I'm more of a, of a, you know, I like to read as more like a millennial, as I said, like somebody puts out a topic there and I go and research and I know what it is about. And, and I go deep on that, but I also read a few books. Um, not as many as I should read a year. That's for sure. Uh, but for example, now I'm reading these two books that, uh, that, uh, I think they're super interesting. I'm a history and archeology span fan, like to death every summer I try to travel to, uh, a new country. I, I I decided. I mean, yeah, that's on top of my traveling for business. I do that, and I tried to. I said like three years ago that every year I should go and travel to visit one of the wonders of the ancient world, and I've done that on, over the last couple years. Right in mm-hmm. Turkey, which was the ancient uh, Greek culture. Right, yeah. and uh, another of the apart from the ancient world, I am super passionate about the medieval history, mm-hmm. and I love the the Crusades move. So I'm reading a book now called The Crusades, precisely by uh, 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 an author an author called uh, Thomas Asbridge, which is a professor, I think he's in Oxford and Cambridge University, he's English. And it's super cool because he's one of those uh, uh, medieval movies, uh, advisor, historical advisor, etc. And he has super good points all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then I'm reading like some, like, uh, I'm trying to, uh, since we have a lot of time to be home now and not to be in a plane and traveling, I'm doing a lot of, I'm trying to improve my, my prospecting skills in terms of looking for good business opportunities, which is my, also my middle name. That's what I do since I connect. I try to be looking for them. So I'm reading a book that is called Panatical uh, Prospecting by Jeff Blount, an American author. It's very interesting as well. It's, uh, you know, the kind of like American sales literature, Yeah. you know pretty pushy uh, like <laughs> limits like uh, like sorry no limits uh, high targets and do 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 do, do right yeah.
0: <laughs> so um where can listeners find out more about you about your your new business your services you know um website email uh, social media and so on
1: yeah okay so for me, social media is the most important thing, especially as I said, and I, I'm a I'm a I'm an advocate for millennials. That's that should be key for us. So, uh, first way of contacting me is uh, on LinkedIn, uh, and my my LinkedIn it's, it goes by my name of course, uh, but I have a very long Spanish name, Javier Díaz Fernández Carvajal. <laughs> so yeah, my mother second, you know, in Spain we have two second two 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 second names. And yeah. the second one belongs to the mother, and then ma- my mother's name is a composed name, so it's pretty long. Yeah. I have to admit that when I'm in abroad, I never use it. You know, in Prague, I'm registered everywhere as Javier Diaz, Javier Diaz, because you know the system, the systems they use most of the times don't even accept a second name. Yeah. So that's the thing as well. If
0: somebody, if somebody plugs in Javier with a J, and then Diaz D I A Z, that will turn you up, I guess. Yeah.
1: I think so. I think so because I am pretty well positioned. I'm positioning myself on well LinkedIn doing a lot of, you know, sort of more uh, uh, content that people are interested in, like something that inspires people to do or to, you know, whenever you need a, a, a positive message to read, I'm trying to be there, you know, helping the community. And, you know, that helps. It's better to look to read a, a positive sentence that than a, a, a complainant in my understanding. So, If you probably look for Javier Diaz on LinkedIn, it'll show up, yeah.
0: Well, thank you very much, uh, Javi. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Um, Keep well, keep safe, and look after
1: yourself. You too, thanks to you and to your listeners. Hope to see you soon.
0: Very welcome, and thanks also to our listeners. Remember that if you would like to find out more about globalization, international business, and how we can help you to formulate and implement business strategies, check out my blog and website on albalogistics.com and my book, International Supply Chain Relationships, which can be purchased on Amazon and Google Books.
1: This is Patrick Daly of Alba Consulting. Goodbye and keep well until the next time.